Chad, we got two weeks. No school, no weights, nothing. Maybe more COVID-19. You think it's going to be more than that? I think it's going to be eight weeks for sure. Eight weeks? Yes. CDC, man. That's what they're going to follow. Eight weeks of 50. trying to scare us? No, I think they're trying to do the opposite. Like I heard somebody talk about on the radio how they're like they're trying to scare people so that they will be overly cautious and they can get it stopped faster. That's yeah. what like the CDC does all the time. I can see that. Uh, so how did you find out? I mean, everybody, a lot of guys listening right now are teachers and coaches. We all, yeah, most of the people in the country have already gotten uh, school called off. How did you find out no school two weeks? Did you have a clue it was coming or did you get kind of shocked by it? Yeah, well, I mean, everything obviously with the whole thing, it started getting super weird. Once the NBA canceled that game, um, I was like watching ESPN during the time that they were like rushing the players off the court in that Jazz Thunder game. That's when it's like, okay, stuff's getting weird. And that same night, Tom Hanks announces that he's got coronavirus and the media just blows up about it. And then I'm pretty sure, uh, well, it went the rest of that weekend. But then this this past Tuesday, our principal had a meeting at the district office. And when she got back from the email, from the meeting, she sent out this email chain, like five straight emails, like detailing, like all this stuff, how we had to go ahead and start that day, putting our lesson plans online. And then uh, Thursday, we had to bring all the kids in during first block. And we had to make sure that their Gmail and Google drives and Schoology and all Google Classroom and all that stuff were working. Um, And so when she sent out those emails, uh, me and my defense coordinator were sitting in my office and we were just like, yep, that means school's going to be out because they're just biding time to get to that point. How does it feel compared to a hurricane for you? Cause like in South Carolina, we get off for hurricanes sometimes snow. Like wh- what was the feeling? Cause sometimes when you get a little break for those things, it's like, yeah, for this, is it like terror of being bored for eight weeks? Yeah. That's the thing. And I mean, you know, from the hurricane, which is what we called our one week vacation, um, that we had from the hurricane two years ago, I think we both went to Greenville, um, cause we literally had nothing to do. Um, cause we were out for so long. Like when, to me, when it's a hurricane, like, Hey, coastal people, I hope it's okay, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm on a vacation, man. Oh yeah. Uh, board up your windows and stuff. I hope you make it. Um, hope you got it. <laughs> But, yeah, but we're good, so we're going to go on vacation somewhere. Um, like, that hurricane that we had two years ago in Greenville you was had, so much fun. Yeah, this is not fun. I, no, this is you, awful. You had way more advance warning than we did, I think. We really were not expecting to have school canceled. And then all of a sudden, Friday, it was like we were prepping for that. And then you know, Sunday. So what, how governor, did it start for you? Was it just like the principal emailed you saying – Hey, we're doing this now? Well, people all throughout the district were saying that, hey, do you have your Google Classroom set up, which is a way to communicate with your kids online and uh, give them materials for school? And they were saying, hey, you need to have Google Classroom set up. And then we got that email. I was like, oh, crap, this job is getting kind of real. And um, after that, I was started hearing, I talked to you, and you were talking about how your district was getting ready for it. They were on top of it. And I knew whenever I heard McMaster, the governor in South Carolina, was doing a press conference at four, I was like, yeah, 
It's happened. That was it. Uh, That's what always is with hurricanes. When that news thing comes up on WBTW or whatever, McMaster's having a press conference. That's when it's like, yep, school's done. Game You're time. For how uh, long? So, with that being said, we have two weeks minimum off. Everybody's saying it's going to be more than that. We're planning on doing the podcast a lot more. We were really, <laughs> we were super busy, like all of y'all are. And it's, you know, it's just hard to schedule sometimes, but we got a lot more time on our hands. So, uh, expect a me to lot, a lot more time on our hands. As in, like, time is back to being a circle like it was in college. We have more, like, time's infinite right now. Yeah, I, I had a friend who told me the other day, he was like, man, it was Sunday the other day. You should have went out and done something. I said, there are no days anymore. No, There's no every time day Sunday. I can, I can wake up at 3 a.m. and do whatever I want and sleep at 4 p.m. Like, there's no time. There is no event. There is nothing happening. There is no gathering. It does not matter. There is no advantage to being awake in the daylight and being asleep at nighttime anymore because there are no sports. Nothing's on TV. There's no place to go hang out with people. Restaurants are closed. There is no time. There is no time. There is no day of the week. It's just gray matter. You said the other day that you were going to start day trading, which you have never done in your life because you have nothing to do. You have no struggle. You have nothing to strive towards right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people. I'm sure a lot of people listening, football coaches, is kind of our thing. We need that struggle. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely going to go hit golf balls because I suck at golf. And so that'll definitely be a struggle. But you can't do that for 10 hours a day. Um like, I've got to have something to, like, get my blood flowing. Like, I yeah, can't just what, sit here. Like, what is you hitting golf balls really going to do for your life? Like, are you really going to start golfing on a regular basis? And is that going to make you a better golf player? Boy, it'll definitely make me a better golf player. I mean, you Dude, hit we've plenty got of golf too balls. Much, man. I really haven't. So, so, you're telling me, if I go hit, like, obviously I'm not good at golf right now. I have been relatively not the worst player in history before you. So you're telling me that if in two, in two months, if I go hit a golf ball every day, I can't get better at golf. You're going to go hit a golf ball every single day. What else am I going to do? Like you act like other alternatives. Give me an alternative. I want you to post a picture on our Twitter of the golf ball you're hitting every single day. Okay. Because you're going to do it every day. If you do it every day, I think you'll get better, but I don't think you're going to do that. Again, I have literally, if it stays open and available, which it could close, what, what's the alternative? You to give me an alternative. Give me one alternative. Why don't you go chop they a tree down? I'm going to, like, I've still got to cut the grass at the school, which I'm going to do. I've got to, like, I'm going to landscape the freak out of my front yard. Bushes are about to start getting dug up in a hurry. We could push it off forever. But we go, that's going to be part of the struggle. Some landscaping at Chad Wilkes' house in Lamar. Um, I'm going to be eager. Eager to do that landscaping. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I'm like, yes. I'm going to go to sleep. Tomorrow, I get to dig up some bushes. <laughs> I actually thought I about mean, that. I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to like – I was thinking about like trying to either just lose a ton of weight and get like really jacked and do like a 1,000 push-ups a day. And like do something really weird like that. I've also thought about trying to break like a Guinness Book world uh, a world record, something weird. Um, That's it really could be hard some, to do. 
Yeah, it couldn't be something that just takes a lot of talent, though. If it's something that takes a lot of time, I could maybe do it, but not like a lot of talent. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, generally, you're probably not the best in the world at any one single skill. Yeah, so I thought about doing that. Um, I actually did think about landscaping when I was getting out my car today, but I was like, I really find no value in that at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to rake my yard, but I don't, I don't know anything else. Um, Plant some yeah. good grass. Like you, do you remember seeing like those Scotts commercials on TV that like they would make their grass look really cool and make like planting grass look cool? I, I remember when I was ten years old being like, that looks cool. Like I think I might actually like try to do that or something now. <laughs> I don't know. That brick, what value does that bring? What value does anything bring? We are in a time where nothing means anything. That's not true at all. We are in a white room. So, a lot of guys can probably relate to this. There's um, a lack of structure to our lives right now. There's not something to really struggle for. But as a football coach, you constantly want to be getting better. You constantly want to be improving making your team better. Chad, what can you do right now? What can coaches be doing right now to make their team better and to be better as a coach in a way that's actually going to make their team better this year? So hopefully with us, we're going to do a podcast. So my first thing, like we're actually going to be doing one. Anybody who listens to this, who does their own podcast, I know there's a decent amount of podcasts around now. I'm not trying to boost up our competition. But go listen to podcasts. If you make a podcast and you listen to this, start making podcasts because, like, I'm going to listen to them because I don't have anything else to do. So literally listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos of anything. If you type in Washington position drills, you can find a position drill from Washington University um, of them going through their entire indie for pretty much every position that they have um, for, like, 20, 30 minutes long. I mean, you've got a two-month block here. To me, you have, for us, we have no access to kids. So this is really a time. It's like that sort of block of time um, right after you get done sort of self-scouting, maybe in December. But like during January, maybe as things are still sort of going forward, you're you maybe just starting uh, off-season workouts, but you haven't really had your staff meetings yet and stuff like that. You've got a little block of time where you're maybe going to clinics and we go to the Nike clinic in Atlanta during that time where you're just trying to make yourself better. You, you're basically going to get another month to two month period to do that. So all those same things that you were doing then you have even more time to do those things. Now, podcasts, YouTube videos, talking to people. I mean, I don't know, call a coach. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Just like stalk a really good coach and constantly <laughs> yeah. harass them to talk to you. <laughs> They're probably going to be bored enough. Like, you probably could call Saban right now. He's probably going insane. But, like, I mean, I would say um, another thing you could do, and I was doing this with some of our guys before the break, I was calling our offensive linemen were coming in and we were meeting together. And um, a lot of y'all probably already do this, but take some of your clips from Huddle and annotate them. And when I say that, like, put in little notes for your guys that uh, show them, hey, on that double team, you need to be hip to hip. You need to be closer together. Um, you know, correct their stance. And you could do that at different points throughout the clips on Huddle. And if you don't know how to do it, Google it. You got plenty of time to look up and see how to do it. Um, so annotate those things and send out texts to your guys like, hey, man, go check out the, our second game 
annotations on there um, and some notes. I want you to see some things you could do better because they're probably going to be bored too. They need something to do. And if you want to make them better like that, um, I think that can help your players. Now, Chad, what are you doing right now for the weight room? Is there anything you can do for your players in the weight room? Just go do some push-ups at the house? I mean, we sent out our weight plan to our kids. Um, you know, kids who have access to, uh, like, there are still a couple gyms still open um, around here because there haven't been any, like, confirmed cases. Um, so there's still some stuff open, and we've sent um, some of the kids who have access to that wanted to do it. We sent them their, their workout plan so they could sort of just pick up where we left off in school last week. Um, but I mean, yeah, they, pretty much we were told to have basically zero, not necessarily contact, but zero personal contact, um, in-person contact with any player. So yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that the kids who have access to that stuff do it. Um, and then you got to think for the kids who don't that they're at least, I don't know, hopefully playing basketball in the backyard or something. I mean, just have some kind of physical, physical activity, but usually that would drive me insane. Cause like I'm one of those people I always feel like if we're not doing something to get better, you're getting worse. Um, but the one thing that sort of gives me peace and allows me to sleep at night is that everybody else is in the same boat. So the playing field's level. The playing field's no level. So like, I hate it. Like it's obviously extremely boring. Um, you know, the bright spot of my day is, is the weight room. I mean, that's what I look forward to every day when I wake up. Cause that's really all we can do now when we're in school. But in just, you know, sort of our fourth block time with our kids and stuff. But to me right now, it's extremely boring, but I don't feel like by not doing anything from a weight room standpoint, we're not losing any games by not doing anything because everybody's doing the same thing, like, which is nothing, essentially. Um, so everybody's yeah, in the same boat. And I almost think it, it actually might help a team like us. Like if, oh, stuff yeah. really, if stuff really gets pushed back and like we lose spring practice and all that kind of stuff. I think that helps small schools because we get where we are naturally less efficient with our time because you have to be with less kids. But also, I think just, you know, schools that maybe have, you know, maybe better natural athletes and fewer coaches and that kind of stuff, which is essentially our situation. I mean, we got a good staff, but we're in a place, a lot of athletes, you know, we only got five coaches. So for us, when the playing field gets leveled, it actually might help us. So that allows me to sleep at night. Yeah, and if you have natural athletes and bigger guys and guys that are already good at football, you have a huge advantage over teams that need to be in the weight room more that, that aren't as strong as you are. They um, have to develop. Like, there's programs that are really good programs, you know, big school and small school, who do a great job of developing kids because they have to. And, I mean, every good program needs to develop kids. But there's places where they have to develop their entire roster. I mean, places that compete for state championships, they got to develop everybody. And – you know, there's other schools that obviously, you know, there's some guys that walk through the door ready-made. So that, that's going to help those schools that have guys like that, um, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, what can you do? So is there, in those things we said, do you think those things can actually make you better and make your team better next year? Or are those just things we can do to convince ourselves to that make, they're going to well, make us better? To me, that's what everything is. Like I, I say that to like my coaches and stuff all the time. It's like I'm not saying that what we're doing is necessarily going to make us one point better next year. But if it makes me feel better, then I'm the boss. That, that's stupid. And I get to do it. That's stupid. It doesn't matter. Like that's it, it, just. I mean, it's that's not stupid because it is stupid. 
No, if you were in those shoes, you'd feel the same way. Correct, but you could still know that it's stupid. Like, if you had cloned yourself and you were an assistant for you and you heard that, you'd say, that is stupid. You know you would. But I'm it doing this I don't just know to make- if that that's necessarily always the truth because even now, as an assistant, I mean, there was stuff that I was very, like, ornery about, too. Like, obviously, I, to not the same extent, but, like, I, I mean, I was tight then, still. I understand the chain of command, and I respect the chain of command, but in stepping outside of that and analyzing it, is it not dumb to do things that don't make you better just to make someone feel better about themselves? <laughs> that's like me telling you this. That's like me telling okay, you. But that's, you have you to know. tell your girlfriend something that's not true to make her feel better about herself just because it's going to make her feel better. And you would say that's stupid. That is the same thing. But I maybe not as much as some people. I do that's, that. That Sometimes. is wow! Oh my gosh! I hope that uh, your lady doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Dang. Um, okay, his man just told on himself. But when you're doing that, you are probably thinking this is dumb. Yes, of course, but that's not. But that's anything. Like, think there are so many high school kids. Like, if you really want to break it down to this level. There are a ton of high school kids who really don't get anything other than where to line up and generally what area they are supposed to cover this play from their coaches. And that's it. I mean, that's just the truth. And especially the smaller level you go. I mean, once you're down to 1A, that's just a fact. You have like state championship winning teams where honestly the kids just play because they're good and they, they're good. Like, they don't listen to – I mean, and there's 5A players that don't listen to their coaches and are still great at football. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, so what is anything then? Like, if you want to say that. Like, outside of, like, weightlifting where you're actively making somebody bigger, stronger, faster, which is going to help them, I mean, what is anything? What's a, yeah, what's a, foot, what's a footwork yeah. drill that they're not going to actually – you know, we do all these footwork drills with our defensive backs. And some of them are get great at it and they do it in the games and that transfers. And then there's other kids who we still have to play because there are better athletes and ultimately get the job done better than people with great footwork. Do not use the footwork at all that we use them, but we're not going to take them that we tell them or coach them. We're not going to take them off the field because they're still better than the other guy because they're just great at using their body. So what is in it? So do we just tell that kid he doesn't have to come to practice? No. You have to hold them to a standard, but there is a purpose for that drill. It's not so, to make you feel better. It makes kids better with their feet. It makes their feet quicker. But if you want to be inefficient, that's totally fine. You you have the right to do that. Right, but what it's what I'm saying is <laughs> doing things, what the whole structure of anything, however much surf structure you have and how little however little structure you have, as long as there's a purpose behind all of it it all adds to your overall program in general. Like it leads to overall discipline slash some mental toughness. And that can be good for assistant coaches and head coaches too. I mean, to sort of have to grind a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, you need a struggle. Right. Exactly. So there's value in doing stuff just because it's just to grind a little bit. I mean, it's true. All right, speaking of grinders, 
That was a weird segue. Wow. Um, <laughs> speaking of grinders, we got some coaches Whoa. here that I want to ask about, Chad, and I know that you've got a couple too. Um, on a scale of one to ten, with one being I don't care at all and ten being I'm highly concerned, how much is Nick Saban concerned about the coronavirus spreading and how much is – how much does he care about it? So one, he doesn't care at all, and ten, he's extremely concerned about it, willing to shut things down if needed to be, even including maybe the season. Well, there's two things. He is, as it relates to football, it's a ten. He is walking around his house right now, dressed with a straw hat, his polo, his khaki shorts, and a whistle. He's seeing like weird mirages of players like drifting by. He's blowing the whistle at them yelling every now and then. His wife's asking him what's wrong. He's just like, oh, I thought I thought I saw something. That's he, what's he, happening in Nick Saban's house right now. So he's <laughs> a 10 in the fact that Alabama is not getting to do their normal spring program. So he's he, not okay with it saying, you know, we're doing it for the betterment of society. Well, this no. See, that's the other part. When it comes to how much does he care about the coronavirus's impact on people in our society, that'd be a zero, obviously. He doesn't, he doesn't care at all? Heck no. It's Nick Saban. He doesn't care about anything. <laughs> My gosh. Are you serious? The dude, like, doesn't eat dinner with his family ever. He he, he used to do a 20-minute meal a week, I thought, with him. Right. Which is fine. Like, I'm not I'm, – I'm with him. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't be that way in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, this is not a – to some people, like, to you, you're like, ugh, he doesn't – He's, he likes football too much. Chad thinks some people. Weird because it's so odd. But for some people, like, I'm, so I'm not saying this is like that's a negative about Saban. That's just, that's him, man. Like, he is, that's him. He doesn't care. So, you know, do I know him? I saw him I said, talk. I said, I said, you know him. That's him, huh? Well, we're best friends. You know, I saw him speak out of clinic one time. Um, we're tight. Okay, so for you, one to ten, national championship winning coach from this past season, taking down your beloved Clemson Tigers in a beatdown, had them boys ready to play. Ed Orgeron, one to ten, how much is he sitting there thinking about the coronavirus's impact on our society? Okay, so. I think that Ed is concerned. I think Ed's got a big heart. I, I would say Ed's at a seven right now. I think he does care about the spread of the coronavirus. I think he wants to stop it. I think that <laughs> he wants I think, to stop I think, it. No, I think he does. I think he probably thinks you could tackle it and like <laughs> he's gonna like just send his players out to like tackle people with it or something like that. But I, I do think he probably has an immunity to it because of where he was raised. He probably like ate raw crawfish, like and he, he's not at risk at all. None of his family are. I don't think anybody in the Bayou is. I think that they're, they're all huge. They're good. But, um, so I don't think he needs me, but I just think – I think Ed's a good guy, man. I've seen him walking out pregame, pumping his fists, high-fiving everybody. Um, I'd say Ed's probably at a seven. I think he cares about it. I don't think he wants the coronavirus to spread. And I think he's one of those guys – if they didn't even get to practice college football and they were out there day one, he'd still be happy. Like, we're going to win this oh, ball. Absolutely. Like, to he me, would, he's that coach. Like, he's good. He's immune to it because yeah. of 
the way he talks. Like he coronavirus yeah. ain't touching Ed Orgeron. He's yeah. good. But I guarantee you he's one of those guys like he's just sitting there like, you said that you we got better players than everybody. No, yeah, he's I like don't think- they're fine. He's like, I don't care if we practice until the first game. If everybody's in the same way, go Tigers. We're going to go out there. We're going to hit. He's stressed. He's not stressed like Saban is. Heck no. He's, he's good. He's, he's chilling. He's good, man. He's chilling in the swamp somewhere, eating a bowl he's, of gumbo. He's fine. <laughs> he's like Shrek. All right, Chad, um, we're going to go out west for this one. How much does Pete Carroll care about the spread of the coronavirus scale of 1 to 10? Oh, he, he wants to shut down the NFL next year. Like, he is full-on hippie <laughs> mode. Everybody let's self-quarantine. Like, he'll even go out. Like, he's probably passing around, like, Purell to, like, underprivileged people in Seattle. I could see that for sure. So, no, is, oh, he a, is he a 10? Oh, yeah, he's a 10. He's, like, 10. max. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of those guys, like, he cares about, like, freaking global warming and all that kind of crap. So, like, he's, like, full on. It's like he cares about some stuff more than football. Like, he's, I mean, he's an idiot. Okay, Mr. Hipster. Go That's basically what you're saying. Move to Portland then, buddy. See how much they pay high school football coaches there. Golly, I would never do that in my life. I agree. I think that Pete Carroll is like 100% concerned. He's probably telling his players, like, look, man, we'll, we'll practice online if we have to. I, he'd be one of those guys that'd be like, we're going to be innovative this year. We're going like, to do Skype practices. Y'all, you be at your house. Uh, we'll do Turnover Tuesday on Skype. Um, sure. But, yeah. He's probably going to – like, I could see him with Bernie Sanders, like, campaigning against the coronavirus. And in- no, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm surprised Pete Carroll wasn't Bernie's chief of staff. I mean, they're, they've they got to be tight. Um, He'd do that. He'd be vice president. I could see him, like, leaving the NFL for that, needing a new challenge. He's, like, 80 years old, so. He really – people don't realize how old Pete Carroll is. He should be concerned about it, I mean, for himself, but I don't he, know why he is. But. Like, he is very much in that range where – that corona is pretty, pretty dangerous for people like Pete. You better like, not be hanging around Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson could have that junk and not know and give it to him and he'd be in trouble. Yeah, Pete Carroll's 68. My gosh. Like, he's old Saban. from being 70. How old uh, Saban? Saban's up there, too. Um, great podcasting time as I look this up, dead That's air. Like Joe Rogan does that. Yeah, that's okay. Joe Rogan does it, then we can do it. We're basically um, the same. Yeah, we're the same. <laughs> Nick, Nick Saban's 68 as well. Dang, they're both 68. Like, know. think about that. Like, they are two years away from being in that in that danger zone for the corona. They're both older than Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's 67. Yeah, that's that's why. I mean, Bill Belichick, just he's got that old that's man. Castle. Obviously. I'd say Saban looks the youngest out of it, though. Oh, yeah. Saban looks like he's, like, 50. For sure. Like, he's – Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's just got the white hair. But if, like, you take the way he moves and stuff, like, he he moves like a 30-year-old. Speaking of Belichick, Belichick, if there was a negative on this scale, I'd say Belichick would be, like, a negative infinity. He does not care at all about the spread of this virus. I guarantee you – I guarantee you that if he was in, if he had to do a press conference right now, I guarantee you he would purposefully pronounce coronavirus wrong. He would. He he doesn't want to act like he knows what it is because he's like old and cared like coronavirus. I don't know what it is. Like, bro, you just let Tom Brady go. You're an idiot. Corona twenty five flu. Like he would do that. Like the whole. He always says snap face in his press conferences. Like he's like. 
It's so, not like, that hard, man. He knows what Snapchat. Like, you're not any cooler, Bill, because you are trying to play off that you don't know what Snapchat is. No, if if they do not have NFL next year, Bill Belichick will. I, I don't even know. He might. He might just like go on a rampage through the United States and like lose his mind, like just like running through football fields. I don't know. I can't imagine. He would definitely take it the worst out of anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he might. We might have a lose the will to live situation with him. Oh like, gosh, Chad can't get out of bed. Golly. <laughs> Possibly. Like, it's not going to go well for him. All right, so how about your boy, Dabo? Bro, I know what Dabo, you're say. Dabo's a 10. Dabo cares. I'm going to tell you that right now. Dabo cares. <laughs> Dabo is out there right now in a hazmat suit passing out hand sanitizer to people. He cares. So, listeners, as you can tell, Jonathan is a Clemson sheep. So, oh, he so drinks, Chad, what's Dabo like? What's Dabo like? Drinks, you don't think Dabo cares? He drinks that Kool Aid, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so what's you don't think Dabo cares, Chad? Go ahead. I think Dabo would say he cares. Wow. <laughs> and he doesn't, huh? I, he, he would definitely make a lot of people in the upstate of South Carolina definitely, definitely believe that he 100% cares and probably even has the power to magically drum up a vaccine to give to people in Death Valley. So, okay, so what's he really like then, since I'm wrong? I'm just saying what what would happen, like, and, and what the perception is, and the perception is all that matters, right? No, it's not. What do you think? It doesn't matter. Perception is reality. I'm no. just telling you that he would definitely make people think that he really cares. So you think he's manipulating them? I didn't I say that. You're I think Dabo is who he is. I think Dabo is who he is. I think that you probably. I think you're hating on him, saying that he doesn't Dabo actually care about people. He's great at what he does. He, he's unbelievable at it. And he's a great person. He's amazing at what he does. And he's a great person. I have no reason to think specifically otherwise. <laughs> you are being so weird right now. I have that no reason. I have no reason to. I, I shouldn't say that. I have no reason to think the opposite. Okay, Dabo is a great guy, strong Christian, loves the Lord, loves people, does stuff for people, does stuff for the special de- kids with special needs in the Upstate. Awesome dude, like awesome dude. I'm that's like that thing that how oh, I know you are all in. If, if he didn't coach at Clemson, I'd feel the same. Was B B Y O G. Um, if Dabo left Clemson to go to South Carolina next year, I'd still think the same thing about him. You would not. I would. Absolutely would not. Okay. No chance. Okay. That's that's what drives me crazy. All right. Um, hey, what about what about Willie Taggart? How much does he care? Oh gosh, <laughs> Willie. <laughs> I mean, just judging from the, some of the things I've heard coming out. Um, of Tallahassee being a Florida State fan during his tenure. Not sure Will even knows what's going on. <laughs> like, he probably doesn't even know what the coronavirus is. <laughs> like, probably wasn't even planning on having a spring practice, really. They just kind of going and going to go out there and throw the ball around a little bit. Um, How but, many deaths would we have in the United States right now if he was in charge of the response to the coronavirus? <laughs> Literally. I don't. For those of you who, like, probably hadn't paid as much close attention as, as I do – 
their first game this past season at Florida State University with all the resources and tradition and everything else in the world. They did, the word is, they literally did not have a defensive coach, like a real, like, full-time staff member in the press box. That is, think about that. Think about that. Like a Florida State University did not have a defensive coach in the press box. That's the kind of show that was being run. So imagine Willie Taggart running the country during the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> what would be going on? Oh, shoot. I know that hurts you. Chad's a big Florida State fan, if you didn't know that. It was a tough year for him last year. I don't know yeah. if your new guy. I don't know if your new guy's gonna be any better, but well, I was all in on Tiger when we got him. You know, great recruiter, um, had sort of had some success at Western Kentucky and stuff. And but the thing that sort of everybody glossed over, and I definitely did as a blind fan, the dude's got a career 500 record. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not. I mean, clearly he's good at some stuff, but I don't think it doesn't seem like organization is his strong suit. Chad, last question on these coaches. Cliff Kingsbury, how much does he care? One to ten. Cliff Kingsbury is on the beach in Daytona right now. Getting some summer, or not summer, getting some spring break loving. Is he practicing social distancing, or is he right close to everybody else? He is doing the opposite. He is practicing social closeness with with a certain segment of the population. All righty. Okay. Guaranteed. Uh, oh, Cliff's new age. He's a little different than old school ball coaches. He's different. All right. Last, last question for the podcast today. If you could have one coach be in charge of the United States response to the coronavirus, who would it be and why? You've got one coach that you think is going to save the most lives if they were in charge of the response. Who would it be and why? Well, obviously Belichick. Details. Well, obvious. What would he do? What would his protocol be? He would be like I've got plenty of issues with Bill Belichick and what people think about him. Um, but when it comes to details and organization and having a plan, that dude's on top of that now. Like one thousand percent. Like if he was the president, he would know every single thing there is to possibly know about the coronavirus. He would know, he would like be pouring over like our population and migration trends and like the way people like drive on the roads in which directions and would have this plan to like make sure that people can only go to this one spot at this time. It would be the most detailed, meticulous plan to get this thing stopped ever. I I do think though that if he became the president and was in charge of the coronavirus, we might not have people die of that. But if you were out past curfew, he would have you shot. No, yeah. Now, people would hate it, for sure. Like he, It would, would not be, be a fun time to live in this country. He would lock it down, <laughs> and it would be, like, completely locked down. Like, people waiting at your door with snipers to take you out if you stepped outside. And he would have no, like, feeling. He'd be like, uh, this is what we need to do. This is the best thing for our country. So, we need to do it. It's going to make us better. I don't understand why anybody would think we shouldn't just do this to make it better we're going to keep working on it trying to make it better next week can probably be better than this week um we just got to get back to work uh got a president better got a law enforcement better 
Bill, live better. Bill, I've heard that there's already been a hundred deaths from the coronavirus. Do you think your response has been good enough? Uh, nothing's ever good enough. We're just trying to do the best we can and try to make it better next week. <laughs> nothing's ever good enough. Gonna, I can't imagine what he's going to do when he retires. It's going to be. He's not going to retire. He's not. He'll, like, he'll people, die on a football field. Yeah, people keep asking, like, when is Belichick going to retire? Never, man. Never. He His body wouldn't be able to handle it. Why did he let Brady go? Does he want to prove he can do it without Brady? Well, that's big news. Um, I, I mean, he didn't let him go. Like, he did offer him a contract. It was clearly a contract that wasn't going to be competitive with what Tampa Bay is offering him. Um, Belichick likes to think he's smarter than the room. And a lot of times he is. But I don't know. We'll see. Let's draft a long snapper in the fourth round. Yep. Kicker's in the fifth. Punter's in the fifth. Um, he's he's made some moves. He loves drafting. Belichick's thing is drafting people who his best friends coached in college. So, like, anybody that Greg Schiano ever coached in college, like, we're just drafting all of them. Like, when Greg Schiano <laughs> was the head coach at Rutgers, we drafted some, like, slow – like 5'10", 230-pound white middle linebacker from Rutgers in the third round who never made it out of training camp. But he, like, played for Shiana. He's got good instincts. Yeah, when Brett Bielema was in there, like, if Brett Bielema told him to draft somebody, he was drafting them. It didn't matter. It was over. It's like anybody who he's friends with, he's going to draft their players. You wouldn't think that he'd be like that, but I guess he is. He's he's weird about that. That's why I kind of – he's got some issues. So, Jonathan, as we go forward from here, plan for the podcast. We're going to do a bunch of them. Going to try to get some guests for sure, continue doing interviews. Um, listeners out there, I might, might, since we, if we really get the full two months, I may actually be able to convince Jonathan to do a podcast about actual football, like in like X's and O's, which would be – like groundbreaking, but if we get a full two months, we might be able to actually throw in a podcast about real football here or there. Um, but we'll see. What you think you about com- it? You just completely wow, that's your fake news. <laughs> your fake news. When have I ever said, let's not do a podcast about actual football? I do think it's harder to talk about X's and O's without having any visual aids than it is to talk about culture and to talk about uh, things that are a little bit easier to conceptualize while you're listening. But I'm down. Go schedule somebody. Find us a guru. Find us a guru. Let's do it. We can just okay. let you do it since you're the expert. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's I always say that. Always say that. <laughs> I always talk about how much I know more about football than anybody else. That's that's my thing. Um, but yeah, I've I love obviously, you know, I'm 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 a football guy. You know, Jonathan likes D, his DJ company no, and stuff like that. I like I have a family um, that I care about. Like I actually love my wife. Netflix so Chad, stuff like that. So Chad thinks I'm weird because you know, I'm all wife. about talking about football, and so I'm actually going to try to see if we can see if I can you know form or sort of influence this partnership in a way where over two months we actually talk about some some real football in there. Um, but, yeah, we've got a lot of time to talk about a lot of different stuff. 
obviously we've got to try to keep it entertaining. I always feel slightly weird about doing a podcast and people listening to us, but I listen to other people who really have no impact on my life too. So they probably feel the same way. I mean, what else are we going to do for two months? So listen, people. Listen up guys. Um, Chad's trying to character assassinate me. It's not going to work. I love my family. I love my wife. Hopefully one day uh, Chad will love his family and his girlfriend too. Catch y'all next time. We'll be putting some more episodes out really soon. Follow us on Twitter. Shoot us some messages on there. DM us uh, if you have any suggestions on guys we should talk to or topics. And uh, we'll see y'all soon. See ya.